0: Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. We're turning to the book of 1 Peter this morning. The book of 1 Peter. So that, how that shows up, how it's written is just 1 Peter. Um, if you've got your Bible app, you can open up your Bible app, hit the, go to the section where it says read, and then hit the top where it's got the book listed, and then scroll basically to the bottom, and you'll find it says 1 Peter, we call it First Peter and you'll find the book. If you've got your physical Bible, I suggest you go to the table of contents. Again, look at the bottom uh, at the end of the New Testament books, and you'll find 1 Peter, 1 Peter, and you'll be able to find it there. If you're just flipping through, you've got to be really, really good to find it because it's a short book at the end, and more often than not, you just really get frustrated flipping back and forth and going, it doesn't exist here. It's not here. I've, I've flipped through every, everything here, and it's not here. It's there. It's just Short. So I suggest you either pull out your app or or go to the table of contents and you'll find it. And we'll be in 1 Peter chapter 2 in a couple minutes. Um, I have found, and I'm sure that many of you here have found, that today in our world, in our culture, in this community, in this environment that we have, it can be very challenging to be somebody that is religious or has faith or follows follows Christ. Um, for a number of reasons, uh, we feel we're in this environment that makes us feel like we're losing ground. Like we have these certain beliefs, we have these certain ideas, and we end up losing ground. The, the, the world keeps pushing against it, and, and is hostile towards w- what we say and what we do. Uh, you see this in the media, just in commercials and TV shows and videos. You see you see the the feeling, the news. and You feel a little bit of hostility towards churches. You feel hostility towards our beliefs, and words about bigotry and and phobias end up being thrown around, and it and it gets pushed against you. Um, if you're watching TV shows and you you see a religious person, a, a particularly a a Christian uh, religious person on a TV show, more often than not, you you know that it's. It's not going to end well for them. Uh, if, if you're into watching murder mysteries, um, and, and you're watching the show, and there's a Christian there, or a pastor, or a priest on there, and they start out in the show being very good, and they, they say, oh, they're a pastor, they're fine, or, or they come and they present themselves, and they're like, yeah, I'm a Christian, and this is what I do, and you're like, oh, man, yeah, they're on this show, and they look great. But it's a murder mystery. You know that they did it. Am I right? Every time you they show up and you're like, oh man, they're a Christian. And then, you, then he's like, no, they're a murderer. And like every time you find out that they're, it's not real. And they throw these people in there as kind of this, this statement of like, yeah, all Christians are the worst. That's pretty frustrating. We see, this, we see this with government and with uh, politics and laws, where we're seeing laws take place that allow things that we feel shouldn't be allowed. Encouraging things that we feel shouldn't be allowed, that aren't good, that aren't good for us, that aren't good for our neighbors, that aren't good for our world. And we're kind of right on the edge there where we're dealing with some laws that not only do they allow things we don't think should be allowed, but they're starting to say you're not allowed to do things that you feel you should do. You're not allowed to say things you feel you should say. You're not allowed to teach things you feel you should teach. And it feels like it's just This weight is coming and and you're being attacked. And then just in our our everyday interactions with people, uh, whether they're friends or family or coworkers, they're just people around, you're in some kind of social setting, or you're online and someone shares their opinion and so you share your opinion, and immediately, immediately the words like bigot, hateful, get thrown around, anybody that thinks that must be, must be this, if you think that then don't be my friend, if you disagree with me then unfriend me, those are conservatives, when did conservative become a swear word, right? Right? But these things are happening. It feels like we're losing ground. It feels like we're being attacked. It feels like it, it, we're being—I uh, don't—I don't really want to use the word persecuted because there are people in this world that are really persecuted, but maybe opposed. And we're being opposed with these things, and and it's frustrating. It's frustrating when it's our neighbors. It's frustrating when it's everything we watch on TV, it's, it's frustrating when it's our political system. And we're left in this place, of, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? this? What are, how can we stop this? What are we supposed to say? What are, how do we oppose it? How do we get things back on the right track? What is it that we're supposed to do? How can we stop it? And it gets very frustrating, and you end up getting very angry, and you feel lost, and you, what am I supposed to do? What am I allowed to do? Well, interestingly, in First Peter, Peter's writing to the church and he gives some pretty clear instruction on this. Now I encourage you to turn to First Peter chapter two and read this with me so that you know that I'm not making this up. If you're frustrated and angry and feel like we're losing ground, this is going to be a difficult passage to read. But I think it's important for us to read it and apply it to our lives today. This is what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 through to the end of 17. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles... And I believe he's talking about that our actual citizenship belongs to Christ, that we belong, we are citizens of heaven, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And this is a secondary citizenship. Now, he may also be talking to people that don't have a national citizenship, they don't have the passport to that country, but I believe his main point is that you belong to heaven, not to Canada, primarily. But I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves to the Lord, for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Whether to the emperor, president, prime minister, (laughs) as the supreme authority, or to governors, Premiers, mayors, who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about those who are in authority, I don't know how you feel about those people that are in charge politically of our province, of our country, different countries, our world, but I imagine a lot of you are not real happy all the time with these politicians. I imagine that many of us have said interesting, have used interesting adjectives for them. And what I believe Peter is telling us is that if we want to see change, we can't do that. If we want to see change, we need to show honor, not disrespect. Say it again. If we want to see change, if we want to see the ignorant talk of the foolish be silenced and God get glory on the day that He visits, then we need to show honor, not disrespect I think we do that in, in four areas I think we do that by honoring God which he talks about live, live away from sin pull away from the sinful desires because they will do harm so it's about how you live and how you speak and how, and how you sacrifice for him that you honor God I believe that it involves honoring other people which is just your neighbors, the people around you, but also those who are in authority. That you watch out for them, that you fight for them, even if you count them as an enemy. Jesus said a few things about how to deal with your enemies and how to love them. I believe it it means that we need to honor the law that is in place in our land. I believe that it means that we need to honor the system, the government system, the things that are in place, the rules, and we need to lean into those things. Now, I believe that's a tiered system, that first off, we have to honor God, and then secondly, honor each other, and then third, honor the law, and then fourth, honor the system. So if the system contradicts the law, you go with the law. If, 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 um, if the law says don't follow Jesus, well, guess what? You honor God, and you go against the law in that case. But you don't look at the law and say, well, God's given me freedom, and so I'm just going to ignore the law. No, that's, that's abusing your freedom. That's using your freedom as an excuse. And so there is a tier here that God first, then others, then the law, and then the system. But I believe that's what we're supposed to do. And when we look at the Bible, we see examples of this. In the Old Testament book of Daniel, you see this young man go into a land where he is a foreigner, he's exiled, and he's, de- he's faced with difficult choices. He's faced with, how am I going to live to honor God? And how am I going to honor the king? And how am I going to honor the law? And how am I going to honor the system? And he does it. We see nowhere that Daniel starts a rebellion that Daniel speaks against the king, even when the king makes a dumb decision. We don't see Daniel going after the people that accuse him and then set him up for sabotage and disaster. We see him breaking the law that contradicts honoring God. But because he honored the king, and he honored God, and he honored the law where he could, And he honored the system and he submitted himself to the consequences of the law and to the consequences of the system. We see that God actually saved him, that the evil people were removed from authority, and the law was changed. And there wasn't a single social media post blasting the king over it. And change happened because he showed honor, not disrespect. Another Old Testament book, the book of Esther. A young lady, again, foreigner in the land, ends up being queen, which I think was mainly a title thing and not an authority thing. And she finds out that her and her whole people are are being threatened. They're in jeopardy. And we have no record of her breaking any law, We have no record of her attacking or criticizing the king. Again, after the king makes a really dumb decision. We have no rebellion, no great scheme. We see her leaning into the system that says, you can go to the king and you can make your appeal, but you have to understand that if the king doesn't want to see you, then you may be killed. And she takes the risk. She honors the system. She doesn't go through a back door. She honors the system. She works through it. She takes the risk. She is met. And things change. And because of that, we see that, again, the evil person is removed from authority. The plan backfires. Her people is, are saved. And the laws are changed. If you want to see change, you show honor, not disrespect. In the New Testament, Paul. Paul's story ends a little differently than Daniel and Esther. But again, Paul was there and he was preaching the gospel and people got angry at him and they were violent towards him. And instead of getting angry and violent towards them, he went with it. And he got arrested and he got thrown into prison. And even when he had a chance to escape from prison, he decided not to. He submitted to the system. He submitted to the law. And he leaned into that so much that when he went before authorities, he didn't criticize them, he didn't attack them, he showed them honor. And he appealed to his rights as a citizen and made the government pay for his missionary journey. He could not go to Rome on his own. But because he submitted... Because he honored the system and the law the government paid to send him to Rome and be there so he could spread the gospel and he could write letters that we now have in this book. We may not have that if he hadn't honored the law and honored the others and honored God and honored the system now we know that Paul didn't change the Roman Empire Empire. we know that Paul ended up being executed for his beliefs but I, I'll, I'll share this little kind of trivia bit, this little bit of of knowledge you may not realize, but um, the church outlasted the Roman Empire by a few years. Paul saw change where it mattered. He saw the kingdom of God advance. He saw the gospel advanced. Costed him? Sure. But he has a greater reward now with Christ. And for 2,000 years, we have seen the church continue to grow and benefit from his work because he showed honor and not disrespect. So what that means for us is that we need to do the same thing. Now, we may not be thrown in prison. We may not be in the situation where our whole people are, uh, uh, are uh, going to be killed in genocide. We may not be in the place where we're going to be thrown into a lion's den. I'm not even sure where you'd find a lion's den. Um, but we're in the place where we're feeling opposed. And there are certain people and certain laws and certain things attacking us. And we need, we need to show honor. We need to show honor to God in how we live our lives. That means honoring Him in, in what we give, in what we do, what we say. That when he tells us to do something, we do it. When he says, stop doing that, you stop doing that. When he says, sell your car, you sell your car. If you say, go talk to that person, you go talk to that person. If he says, you need to forgive so-and-so, you forgive so-and-so. If you say, you need to go apologize to so-and-so, you need to go apologize to so-and-so. If it means you need to change your hobbies, you need to change what you do with your money, you need to change what you do for a job, you need to change where you live, you need to change what you drive, you need to change something, you need to change how you talk to your wife, you need to change how you deal with your kids, you need to, whatever it is that he calls you to be and to do, you need to honor him by doing it. And some of that is very clear, all of it is very clearly laid out here, and some of it is more things by the leading of the Spirit, like he says, I want you to give up that car and go with this other car. That's, you're not going to find, thou shalt not drive a Ford. <laughs> right? I, I think it's in there somewhere, but you're probably not going to find it. And so that's, that's you developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit and Him leading. But some of it is like, you need to ask forgiveness from those you have wronged. That's very clear. You don't need to wait for the Holy Spirit to tell you that. He's already told you that. And so we need to honor God. And when other things oppose us, whether it's our reputation or pressure from the public or pressure from the laws, that say, no, you can't pray, you can't talk about God, you can't do this... Guess what? You honor God first. Absolutely. But you also need to honor others. That's treating them with honor and respect, even if they don't deserve it. Even if we consider them enemies, people that are trying to destroy us personally, or trying, people trying to destroy our faith, we need to show them honor and respect anyways. We need to love them anyways. We need to look out for them anyways. We need to give to them anyways, even if there is no reward for us. Reminded by a passage the other day that said, Jesus said, Lend to those who are your enemies without expecting them to give it back. Basically, give. Don't lend, just give it to your enemy." We need to honor the law. And there are lots of things, especially in the past year or two, about the law that have seemed really weird, really frustrating, really annoying, maybe kind of dumb. But Peter makes it clear That's not up to you to decide. That's not up to you to decide. And if the law is in place and it does not oppose God and it does not keep you from honoring other people then you need to submit to it. You need to honor the law and the lawmakers. I'm not a big fan of that. But I'm not in charge. Now if I'm going to follow God, then I need to follow Him and I've got to trust Him that He knows what He's doing and He's going to take this someplace. And so we've got to honor the law and not use our freedom as an excuse. Like, you're not going to find anywhere in here that says, Thou shalt not speed. And you may say, Paul said that all things are are permissible. So I don't really need to follow any laws. I have freedom in Christ to go as fast as I want. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. But Peter makes it very clear. Do not use that as an excuse to do evil. Not speeding isn't something that's going to dishonor others or dishonor God. So you need to submit to it. We also need to honor the system, which is honoring our politicians, our leaders, and leaning into the structure and the open doors that we have. Now, here in Canada, we can vote, we can protest. There are very legal, clear ways that we can protest. There are ways that we can have our voices shared. We can, you can be a politician. You can run for office. You can be a lawyer. You can be a leader. You can be a mayor. You can be all those things. You can run for all those things. You can have a vote in those things. Lean into that. Use it. Speak. Share your opinion. But do it with honor. And you may think, well, you know what, there, I can do it, I can push for change in other ways that, that really push the limits and then maybe break a few laws or maybe attack a few people or that really feel great because I'm able to share what's really on my heart and really blast some people. I don't see Paul, Esther, or Daniel doing those things. I don't see Peter saying that we're supposed to do those things. We have a system. Our biblical examples show that if you follow that system, you lean into that system, God can open doors. God can make change. And God will build His kingdom, His way, And it's going to last. The kingdom of God outlasted the Babylonian Empire and the Roman Empire. And he's going to outlast the empire of Canada and the empire of the United States and Russia and China. and So I think we can trust to do it his way. But it requires that even when the politicians are acting like turds and that's what we feel and you may have good reason to think that, we need to show them honor anyways. and not disrespect. Because if you want to see change, you need to show honor and not disrespect. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become Down to Earth people, following Jesus in Down to Earth ways.